0: Welcome back to the second episode of Evolve Me, the Evolve Fitness podcast, where we are talking about the foot today. We're going to talk about how the foot is deeply integrated with the body and how the foot is deeply integrated with the core. So a few things that we're going to discuss, core engagement, hip function, negative impact of shoes, how your foot should strike the ground versus how it strikes for most people, impact forces and how they work. What happens with underpronation, overpronation, and where the neutral foot position is, and then plantar fasciitis, and how we can kind of correct this stuff. So I think one of the things that we have to understand first and foremost when we talk about the foot is that when we talk about the foot, we're talking about a full body conversation. So we are looking at the first point of contact between us and the ground is your foot. It plays a critical role in how the body moves in any upright position walking, going to a seated position, however you want to look at those positions, the foot is what really controls that and gives us the ability to do it or not the ability to do it. So believe it or not, the big toe is connected to the brain. It's where it's that first conversation that the brain has is when the toe hits the ground. As your toe hits the ground, there's a signal sent from your toe, goes up to your brain and then from your brain to the particular muscle that is being called on to move. If you were to just put your foot down on the floor and start moving your foot, have uh, what's called the tripod of your foot. Think of it, if you put your hand up in front of you and you look at your your thumb and your little finger and then the palm or down by your wrist, that would be your heel. So those three points of contact with your foot, looking at your big toe, your little toe and your heel, that's your tripod. That's what's supposed to be on the ground during every movement and what's supposed to hit just like that when you walk we don't want to hit toe first we don't want to hit heel first we want to hit with a flat foot on a tripod and then we can push off through the toes and the foot is believe it or not a spring so when we look at that spring function we have to look at the toe function so um you know if, if like i said if you sit there and you start moving your foot around you could start to see how much um control you feel or what you feel as you feel you'll feel through your knees, your hips, your pelvis, and you'll see how they're all affected, especially for the average gym goer. We really need to understand that because we're under loads of the barbell. We're under loads of the kettlebell. We're running. We're, we're sprinting. We're riding a bike. So how your foot bears load is extremely important to the rest of your body. So if you were to look at your feet and we look at um, overpronation, which is where your ankle goes, your ankle here, it goes in And then overpronation, your ankle goes out. So what we're looking at is the ability to control that in a neutral position. So when when our foot is in a neutral position, our ankle should be in line with our foot. And when it's not, we're seeing underpronation or overpronation. And one of those positions, under or overpronation, is going to change the function of how your foot hits the ground. So we're really setting up and locking out a lot of different movements straight from the foot. And I don't think that we look at the foot enough as individuals or as, you know, a medical field. We don't look at the foot enough. And whenever we say there's a problem, we say, hey, well, you know, there's a problem with the knee. Let's go look at the knee. Well, there's a problem with the shoulder. Let's look at the shoulder. Well, we we would do better if we said, okay, let's look at your feet because we're bearing load. And that's the very first Piece of contact that our body has with the ground. Even if I hold something, I grab a weight, it's going to load my body through my feet that's on the ground. So we have to start looking at it a little differently. So um, probably interesting to note that for a lot of people, that if you say, hey, you know, I need a better core and stronger core, your foot is connected to your core, deeply connected to your core. The muscles of your foot go up to the intrinsic muscles or those stabilizer muscles that are in your lower leg between your ankle and your knee, and then they travel up and they directly control. Uh, your glutes that's the major piece of what your foot controls is your glutes so it's safe to say that if you don't have proper foot activation you're not going to be able to have proper glute activation this is where we get into troubles when we're lod- when we're lunging or squatting or any of those movements where we're they're hip dominant or knee dominant movements we're going to run into a little bit of an issue if we're not paying attention to the feet so if i'm controlling my gl- glutes i'm controlling my hips and if I'm not controlling my hips, I'm not controlling my, my rib cage either. So we need to understand the bracing sequence that starts at my feet. So I want to lock my feet to the ground, my big toe. I want to lock that to the ground. And then I want to pull my butt underneath me so that I can get my pelvis in a straight position. And that in turn, going up the chain, will start working on my rib cage where my rib cage in the front can pull down. Now I want to take a big deep breath in big nose breath in and I want to stabilize and get as much expansion in my side through my lats and my back as possible. That is what I refer to as pressurization. And then if you can hold that pressurization during a movement, we're going to see far better movement and far better alignment. But again, that's starting at the feet. So when we're looking at shoes, we are looking at the negative impact of shoes or positive impact of shoes. This is something that, um, As we look at foot function and what your foot's doing we have to look at the first metatarsal which is the big toe and then we have to look at the great toe which is that what's called the STJ it's um, the joint behind your big toe which is going closer to your actual foot that that um, joint right there is the most important joint that's what's gonna allow you to have control over your arch so that I have control over my feet so the people that are most effective when you don't have foot control or no overpronators. Overpronation is when your foot rolls inward when you you run, you walk, or you stand. And if we lose that neutral position, then we lose the foot, we lose the ankle, and then we lose dorsiflexion. Dorsiflexion is when I pull up, kind of like if you look at the dorsal fin, we're pulling up how i remember that um if you lose function you'll lose at the foot you're going to lose function at the entire system and you will lose the ability to squat lunge or jump or it'll just be a little bit harder and we're not working as efficiently as we can so most interesting piece of the foot like i said is it's connected to the core as we go up the core system into the glutes we start to gain more position of our hips which gains more position of our shoulders And then we start to have the conversation between our body, a whole body and the ground. This is extremely important when we start bringing up sports injuries. The most common groups experiencing sports injuries related to the foot are young women and runners. And a lot of times we're looking at the knee and we're looking at the hip. That's where most of the injuries are uh, reported or what people go to physical therapy for is a knee or a hip injury. And really we need to be looking at the foot more to see how that works. And I, I would tell you to look at your hand because your hand and your foot operate exactly the same. they, Your hands and feet are there to provide your body with feedback as to the terrain they're on. So how your body re- perceives impact is the, by sensing vibration through the plantar tendon and the Achilles tendon. Now, if you look at the Achilles tendon coming down through the ankle and then it goes into the plantar tendon if you don't know what you're looking at and you're not really paying attention it looks like it's actually one one tendon that's going down and it just one continuous tendon but it's two if we train them as one they are going to operate as one and that's where we're going to start getting into flat feet so flat feet means i've lost my arch and again i have to look at that achilles tendon that plantar tendon so if my body is hitting the floor, hitting the ground, my my foot's hitting the ground when I walk. My Achilles tendon and my plantar tendon are absorbing those forces through vibration, and they have to do it within milliseconds before the next foot hits the ground. So your body and your big toe are trying to understand what type of surface you're on. Is it wet? Is it slippery? Is it soft? Is it hard? Is it uneven? And that information is sent up to the brain so we can understand where we are. If I don't have control over my big toe and I have a tight Achilles or tight plantar tendon, and this is where we can get into plantar fasciitis a little bit later, then I'm losing that sensation and the ability for my body to understand that vibration. So my feet are not functioning properly. That goes up the chain through my legs into my hips, and I've lost control there. So as as I look at my, my stride, within milliseconds, our hip has to prepare for single leg stability during the stride of walking until the next foot hits the ground so this leads me to the question for most people why would you not train single leg movements because after all when we're talking about walking if we break it down it's a series of falls through gravity so i have one foot that is pushing me off the ground and the other foot in the air and within milliseconds It has to figure out what's going to happen when I hit the floor, receive those vibrations and create hip stability and core stability so that I can maintain that balance and stability before I put the other foot on the ground. So that constant altering of being on the ground in one foot with one foot in the air is what happens when we walk. And if we're going to run or sprint, it's going to happen even faster and I'm going to have less time on the ground with my foot. So I really need that feedback to my brain about what's going on. This is why the feet are so important and really why we have to shift our focus onto our feet to understand our knees and our hips. So let's talk about the, the first, the negative impact of shoes. So there's a lot of different shoes out there. I would tell you myself that I would rather see you in a barefoot shoe, or that simply means that if I'm not in a barefoot shoe, then maybe I'm just in a flat shoe And I I want a flat shoe with the least amount of padding. So we were told to believe and we're led to believe that our feet are weak by design and we need the support of an orthotic or some type of insert. In actuality, the padding and extra cushion of the shoes decreases the strength of our feet by decreasing the sensitivity of the, the ground or the environment that our feet are coming in contact with. The irony of running is that if I have more padding in my shoe, I'm going to drive my foot into the ground harder. And if I'm running or walking and I'm heel striking, it's largely because I've lost control of my foot and therefore I've lost control of my hip. So I'm walking with an extended leg and my heel is hitting the ground. Now let's take that up the chain. Let's look at what happens when your foot is your your heel strike and then there's a straight line that goes from your heel all the way into your hip. Your hip is shaped like a bowl and the femur, the head of the femur is a ball. So if you put a ball in a bowl, it's very unstable, right? So if I'm hitting and impacting the ground with a heel and my leg is straight, it's essentially driving forces into the pelvis. Now I have a ball in a bowl And I'm shifting the pelvis backwards and it's dumping the top of my pelvis forward. This is an anterior pelvic tilt. My pelvis goes forward. My rib cage goes backwards. And now every time I run or I walk or I sit down or stand up, I start to feel that strain in my lower back. And this is where it's important to understand the function of your feet so that we don't have that heel strike go on. So here's something I want you to try. If you stand up and you just want to take a step forward. I don't really want you to walk too far. I just want you to stand up and take a step forward. Just extend your leg out and see what happens. Do If you just step forward and you strike your heel, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand in place, take a nice big deep breath in, get as much air, and expand your, your sides of your rib cage and your back as much as possible. And then I want you to take that same, pull your glutes underneath you and tighten up your glutes. Try to pull your rib cage down if you can by um, engaging your abs like someone's going to punch you in the stomach. So I have my big toes rooted to the ground. I have my pelvis underneath me. And I have, so my glutes are tucked underneath and I'm tightening up my stomach. Now take a step forward. You should land on a flat foot and you're landing on your tripod. That's the way we're supposed to walk and that's the way we're supposed to run. If I'm in a shoe with an arch, and I want my big toe to hit the floor, and I have an arch, I'm pushing my arch up, not allowing my actual arch to work because I'm taking it out of place. And Now my big toe doesn't have the ability to hit the floor, so I can't have that feedback to my brain. So I, I, um, I couldn't walk or run for quite a while, and I couldn't figure out why. My right foot was so tight. I had plantar fasciitis. I had all kinds of things, and I learned how to get rid of that by looking at the position of my pelvis. So here's, uh, when you think of the foot, look at the foot saying, your foot moves relative to your toe. Most people think when they put their foot down, their toe moves. It's, It's the opposite way. Your foot moves relative to your toe. How your foot and your toe impacts the ground is setting the stage for how the rest of your foot functions. So if I'm striking my heel and my toes not working, I'm losing, every time I hit the ground, I'm losing more of my arch control. And this is why I can't squat, lunge, sit down, stand up without some type of discomfort or pain or, you know, just not necessarily pain, but some people have more pain than others. And it's really because we're not looking at the foot. All right. So secondly about shoes is that my toes need to spread. And when we look at a barefoot shoe, we're looking at An ample amount of room within the shoe for my toes to spread so that my toes hit the ground when my toes spread then my tendon my plantar tendon is able to go flat if I wear a shoe with an arch that's narrow now I have a shoe uh, an arch in my shoe so my toe can't hit the floor and I've scrunched my toes together if you do that with your hand you're gonna realize that it's almost like cupping the mouse of your computer and now you can feel that in your arm, just a, right in the um, in the just a past your wrist, between your wrist and your elbow. If you just put your arm up and you act like you're cupping a mouse, you're gonna find that tension is going into your arm there in the top of your arm. Same thing that happens when you do that with your foot when you're wearing a shoe with an arch. It's got your toes in a narrow position. The anterior tibialis or or um, shin is now overactive and this is where we see hammer toes. This is where we see loss of foot function. So I need to get rid of the big cushion. Obviously I want some type of cushion because I'm walking on the ground, but my foot is going to be able to read the ground if I have the least amount of padding in there. And then I want a shoe that has the least amount of arch possible because I want my, my arch to work on its own. I don't need artificial arch support I need to use my arch. And people say, oh, I need arch support. Well, did you know you have one? It's in your foot. It's called your arch. There's actually three of them in there. And one is most important, I'd say, which is the bottom arch where, you're, where we look at plantar fasciitis. And then the last thing that we need with shoes is that we need something to allow our toes to spread. So those three things are the negative impact of shoes. We can look at it from, you know, a comfort standpoint of why we're using why we're wearing the shoes we're using. Um, We can look at it from, you know, a cushioned ride, if we want to say that, that we're trying to absorb the forces in your, through your shoe. But in reality, you're not. Your body is still reacting to those forces. And if my foot is not there to read it, somewhere else in my body is going to react to those forces. And somewhere along the line, I'm going to find a problem. And I think it's important to note that I'm not saying that you're doing anything wrong here. I'm saying you're leaving performance on the table. I'm saying that you're not functionally, functioning as optimal as possible. And that's one of the things that we're looking at, right? We're looking at how do we function optimally and how do I get to be, my, how do I make my workouts the best that I can make them? And if I don't have good contact with the ground and I don't have a good solid base, then I can't expect to be operating at my fullest potential. So if my foot's controlling my hip and my hip is controlling my knee, there's the first line of defense when I'm looking at ACL tears. There's the first line of defense when I'm looking at IT band issues from runners. I need to look at the foot first. All right. So impact forces are, are, are going to be read no matter what you do. It's whether or not you want your body and your big toe to do it or your, your body through your big toe. Or you want it to just wind up in your knees or your hips. Because if you extend with a heel and your heel hits the ground when you run, those impact forces are going to go through your knee and through your hip. And eventually they're going to wind up in your back. So try doing that quick little assessment of how your foot hits the ground, right? And then plantar fasciitis. Let's talk about plantar fasciitis for a second. Plantar fasciitis is an angry tendon. We all know that tendonitis is the inflammation of a tendon. And plantar fasciitis is inflammation of the plantar tendon. Now, if I don't have good foot control and I lose my arch, then I'm not allowing the muscles under my foot to do the job. I'm asking my plantar tendon to do the job of my foot. This is where plantar fasciitis starts. And for most people, it's feeling that they're, they, they're walking. Uh, there's a needle in their foot or there's a rock in their shoe. And when I was playing tennis and I would try to run and I would try to sprint for a ball that was just dropped over the net, you can't run through that pain. I don't care who you are at some point. That is debilitating. And when you get up in the morning and that's what you feel, we have an obligation to fix our feet. And, you know, we're just trying to promote and present this information to you so that you can make you better, so that you can evolve your workouts and understand that the rest of the body doesn't have to pay the toll because your feet are not working. So I I I want to say that there is no surgery for plantar fasciitis. And I know there's a lot of people that said, well, there's a fast surgery. I actually knew a woman that had her plantar tendon. Um, she let a doctor put in a um, incision. He cut her plantar tendon, and um, I didn't even know what to say. I told her. And she asked me how long it was gonna take before she was better. And she had a lidocaine patch on her foot. Then I said, how long have you been wearing that? She said a year and a half. I said, wow, what'd you do? She told me I had surgery for plantar fasciitis and I was bewildered and said, what surgery would that be? And she told me, well, the doctor said, I'm gonna release tension by putting a little incision in your plantar tendon. Year and a half later, she was wearing a lidocaine patch. didn't get any better. When we want a muscle to heal, we have to get off of it and rest it, but you can't rest your feet unless you're in a wheelchair. <laughs> You know, you got to get off your feet to rest it. So how she's walking around with an incision or in her plantar tendon and thinking it's going to heal, I don't know. This was many years ago, but this is how long we've been dealing with plantar fasciitis. She said, what can I do? And I said, you know what? I don't really know what you can do because I don't think there is anything you can do. Don't, if you have an opinion from a doctor, get a second opinion from another doctor or a physical therapist. Don't just take the first opinion that you get. Plantar fasciitis is totally avoidable and totally fixable. We'll discuss plantar fasciitis and the fixes in another podcast, but it is totally preventable and totally fixable to the point where you don't ever have to have it again. As I said, I had plantar fasciitis for years. I figured out what it was and I was able to fix it. What we do here at Evolve is just to show you how to fix these things on your own and what you can do to to make sure that you don't ever get it. We don't want to see you in pain. We don't want to see you not reaching your goals. We open this place so that you can reach your goals. And again, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I'm just saying maybe we're leaving performance on the table, right? So it's your foot is supposed to be a spring. So we've talked about the shoe, how what type of shoe you want to have. We talked about how the first metatarsal and the STJ need to have, um, need to have that flexibility. And so now we're going to talk about how the foot is a spring. So when your body gets those impact forces and you're toe gets those impact forces. It takes them in and they're absorbed through the plantar tendon and the Achilles tendon, stored as energy to be released as a spring so that you can move forward. The propulsion of your feet act as a spring to get you forward. So there's the spring mechanism and then there's the idea that your foot is trying to make sense within milliseconds of what's going to happen next. I would urge you to take a look at your feet have someone take a, a picture of you from behind, just at your ankles, it needs to be ground level, and take a picture and look at your ankles and see which way your ankles go. It's easy enough to look up underpronation and overpronation and neutral, and see where which one of your feet are working or not working. And then you can start to see what you need to do. And really all this takes is maybe two to five minutes of some foot exercises to get your foot in a position to better withstand the impact forces that your body's going to receive from walking and running or just putting your foot on the ground. If you're standing in place, your foot is looking to make decisions with your brain about what muscles to fire or engage to keep you standing there. And a lot of us get discomfort because we're standing in shoes that take our natural arch ability away we're standing in shoes with padding so that we can't understand what the ground's trying to tell us. You should be barefoot as much as you possibly can. If you're walking around the house, be barefoot. I would tell you to just walk around barefoot at the gym, but be conscious and careful of where you're walking because shoes add protection that when we take them off, we we forget that we don't have that protection and we kick things. So if you're not gonna do it in the gym, it is best when I when, when I'm lifting something and I'm putting all those impact forces or all those forces down on my body. My toes are spreading out so that my body can make sense of what's going on. So there's the reason that we work out barefoot. We get that good flexibility. We get all of the, that input so that our brain can understand. So, um, let's talk about the uh, iPhone for a second or any type of phone and operating system. We all know that the iOS operates the iPhone. It's the brain system of the iPhone. Your nervous system is the brain system of your body and it controls every motion and movement. When your computer or uh, iPhone, smartphone goes haywire, you don't necessarily know what it is. It's gone haywire because there's something wrong. Your body does the same thing. You're not functioning optimally because your brain can't understand what's happening because your feet are jammed up. So if you were to get a tennis ball or a cross ball and start working that under your feet and you feel that you have pain underneath your arch or pain in your foot, that's a good indication that you need to start doing some foot exercises. And if you look, we I'll be posting some videos on um, our YouTube channel about how to control your feet, toe curls, Um, There's another one to put a lacrosse ball behind your feet to function and get the posterior tibialis working a little bit more. But really, let's work on the control of that big toe so that I have control of my arch. This is um, one of the biggest things or where I would tell you to start first. And then it's again, it allows the foot allows integration between the foot and the rest of the body. So I'm Mo Orlando for Evolve Fitness and Evolve Me. Our intro music was provided by 7 and 7. So to hear more, guys, tune into this channel. And we have a lot more coming. I hope you enjoy what you're hearing. If you have any questions, please please feel free to email me or put your comments under the podcast.